This episode was brought to you by the following patrons. Turning Bones, Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Damasaurus, The Number Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Jonathan, Mandy, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karoon, Eddie, and Nick B. And because it's that special listener request time of the month, it's time for us to shout out our You Can Get It level sponsors who can also get it. Sneaky Snake, Priscilla, Tunes the Bunny, Jack Vans, Jonathan, Tiffany, Megan, Amelia, Brandy, Lisa, Courtney, AJ, Gwen, Rickety Cricket Page, Rickety yeah. Cricket, yeah, there you go, uh, Lisa, Andrew, Jessica, Irene, Laura, Rich, Homie Juan, Jenny, Ashley, Richie, Casey, Lauren, Daisy, Elisa, Jennifer, Chris, and Michelle. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, please do so in the Facebook group and Discord servers where Mikey will send you feet pictures daily. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You heard it here first, guys. Guaranteed. Oh, yes, Paige. (laughs) I want to know where those piggies went to market. Whole Foods. Just careful if you don't get (laughs) snapped. Oh, yeah, because you have those alligator toes or whatever you call them. (laughs) I'm going to need you to stay 50 feet away from me. follow me on twitter and their name is horror guy 85 but i swear to god when i saw it it said horny guy 85 and i was like (laughs) oh they're coming for me (laughs) (laughs) they're coming for me with their walkers and their aging hips i think they were born in 85 not they're actually 85 (laughs) an 85 year old is like i'm gonna get that dick on Uh, twitter i'm gonna get that young guy dick i'm coming to get (laughs) you i'll Take my dentures out and everything. You want the blue pill or the red what pill? What are you, Morpheus? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Horror Virgin and Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, the listeners made us watch... The, the people, people under, under the, the stairs. stairs. So, was this the first time any of you guys had seen this movie before? This is my second time. Okay. I had never seen this. Uh, it's the weirdest Harry Potter I've ever seen. Because <laughs> he also lived under the stairs. <laughs> yeah, so what did you guys think about it watching it the first time? So, Mikey, when did you first watch it? I think I was nine. Oh, God. <laughs> so you were, like, younger than Fool. Or Poindexter? Is that his name in this movie? Point. His actual name is Poindexter, yeah. Okay. I was actually the same, I think, like, around the same time. But I, uh, I didn't understand it, didn't get it, didn't think it was, like, super... I mean, it creeped me out. Like, the people under the stairs creeped me out. Sure. I had, like, zero understanding of any anything else going on in this movie, except I was like, that's creepy or that's scary. I had much more understanding of what was going on the second time. Okay, and I'm not going to say this is a good movie, quote-unquote. <laughs> but I will say that there's an interesting concept of, like, a group of serial killers that hide in a black neighborhood and, like assumingly immune from the police because they hide in plain sight and then it's just very it's a very interesting concept that he plays with here i don't think it's like super well executed what do you think this movie's about mikey 
Well, they, they kidnap kids and kill them and keep them in their basement and then feed them other people, which I think is a very terrifying concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that is functionally what is happening, yes. And they get away with it so long because they're in a very low-income neighborhood. They're a landlord. They're looked, they're looked differently from local police and things of that nature, which kind of gives them a layer of a, a layer of protection, which I think is an interesting concept. But like in the, like the neighborhood, they're almost living an urban legend of evil, and like no one outside that neighborhood understands that, which I think is a very interesting concept. And I think they're very, besides the silliness on the screen, they're very scary villains of being very, very creepy esque and very like serial killer esque. But it doesn't. The movie doesn't even like swing into that too much. No. But when you like sit down and unpack it, you're like each one of those children was kidnapped their tongues were cut out and they were kept in the basement to eat other victims yeah and that's very creepy and so is that little girl being kidnapped you mean their quote-unquote daughter what is it alice right yeah i get it so i think that's a and like they're just snatching kids from the neighborhood and delivery people and like the authorities don't care because they're white or whatever which is a very interesting concept i think uh i think the movie tonally all over the place yeah it's like a bruce campbell becomes a serial killer <laughs> no because i would watch that i would watch yeah. that too but i mean it's a i think it's a very scary concept and i think if it was if it had gone like r- real dark and like more social commentary it would be very good so like if wes craven didn't make this movie it would be good yeah, is pretty what much. you're saying yeah no i agree with that fundamentally i think what they're trying to say on the screen is interesting and like okay that's cool that could be scary but i'm so distracted by the hour of dog chasing child yes. that I cannot get into it because it's like literally an hour of I'm coming to <laughs> and I just don't care about that I was so bored by that it's basically like urban texas chainsaw massacre right but instead of hiding out in the rural area they're in the city surrounded by a place where they might not be noticed and they can do whatever they want and get away with it from authorities but like all of those interesting concepts are just like rarely touched upon in the movie and you get an hour and a half of a back and forth with a dog that makes like a lot of faces and noises that is interesting for (laughs) for a dog (laughs) i I mean that's kind of where i land too the pacing of this movie is a problem oh yeah it's real (laughs) bad although i think that may be a product of the 90s just because there are a lot of movies that i feel like this are from this time yeah but there's also a lot of good movies from this. i mean yeah that's fair too i feel like and todd you kind of touched on this and mikey you did as well There is so much in the premise of this movie that is interesting and should be explored that they just don't. And and I'm just like, you set up so much scary shit and then we watch somebody run from a dog for, for an hour. I think that... This movie is trying to say a lot of stuff. Um, Definitely classism and gentrification are huge players in the themes of this movie. Yeah. But I also think, and this was something I kind of struggled with in this movie, I feel like Alice is very significant in that it's this idea of the purity of the white woman should be preserved and she is this delicate flower to be kept. Yeah, well, that's the way the bad people are treating her, right? Yes, and to a degree for me, it muddied the waters a bit of the metaphor that the people that they kept in the basement were mostly white, where I was like... Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yes, this makes so much more sense to me if they are also people of color, if they are literally kidnapping people from nearby neighborhoods and they're still putting her up on this pedestal, which speaks to the phenomenon of like when children of color go missing no one looks for them but when a white girl goes missing it's on the news a hundred percent yeah how i got it was that 
the 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 people of color they were killing they were feeding to the white people in the basement and feeding the house so like it's not even to that level or like it's like yeah but then why are there the other people in the basement oh they're the boy but he never follows the rules that adds a really uncomfortable sexual element to the story there's a lot of really uncomfortable sexual stuff in this movie throughout yeah. from yeah the yeah. jump yeah there's a very uncomfortable sexual element to this movie that would be scary in its own right but it just ends up distracting from the social commentary of the film where it's almost like trying to do too much all at once where in both turns it wants Alice to be this kind of pure and on a pedestal but also heavily sexualized even though she is clearly a child and presented as such and that's part of why they're getting rid of the boys and then there's the whole incest thing it's almost like that idea of like what Coco Chanel said one time before you leave the house take one thing off where it's like don't over accessorize do a few things and do them well and i feel like this movie lays the groundwork for a really interesting conversation about gentrification and race relations and then just keeps piling craziness on top of it i think part of that is that it's a oh it's a white guy writing and directing it It's, yeah i think that's part of it too i don't think he stays focused on the social commentary he's like let's make a regular early 90s horror film yeah Yeah. you know it's really scary a dog chasing a child for an hour for an hour well and this is something that bothers me about american horror story every season as well i rarely make it through a whole season of american horror story because ryan murphy is notorious for doing the same damn thing of like we have a cool concept but then this and this and this and 14 of these and you're just like fucking stop and just make one cool thing yeah don't half make 15 cool things i think this movie gets lost in its own metaphor i think a subtler hand on this movie makes this a terrifying and a very effective film will pay Page, uh, subtle is not a word that comes up when I think about this film. <laughs> yeah. What I talked about in our group text earlier today, as I was kind of breaking down, like, what are the bare bones of this movie? Like, if you take all the crazy away, what's left? And I was like, oh, get out is what's left (laughs) like that's basically like get out starts with some of the same bones i think as this movie but it is more subtle it's a more direct social commentary and i think a better movie now this movie is supposedly up for being remade a lot of people have talked about doing it i think if we got a subtler version of this movie it could be very very scary i think that with the social commentary would be good i also think there's an untapped horror movie pool of these people who have been kidnapped and kept in homes for like 15 years yeah absolutely And like do that more of a horror bent less of like a sad room movie but more of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre with kidnapped people who've been in there forever. Yeah, I mean, this is an H.H. Holmes level mm-hmm. terrifying s- serial killer house. And like they've built booby traps into this house and all we're seeing is the vents. Why? Like you built so much cool stuff for us to play with in this world and it's just the walls. I mean, I, oh man, I like the H.H. Holmes allegory that you made, but like, I just don't feel like they pull that off. Honestly, the collector does a much better Collection. job of that. Collection. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I meant the collector as a serial killer, like villain. Yeah. He does a oh, much yeah, better yeah. job of that, you know, in his murder style, I'll say. This movie, I feel like sets that up and then never delivers on that premise because it really is an hour of him in a gimp suit with a shotgun blowing holes in his walls that are then magically not there three hours later when the cops show up. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) there are so many problems with this movie. I was just, like, sort of focusing on the issues with it 
instead of the movie itself to the point where I was like, oh man, oh, it just did not affect me at all. I was just like sort of laughing through it than actually like paying attention to what it was. And I didn't really get like what the point it was trying to make until like the last 10 minutes. And then I was like, oh shit, I love this. This is cool. If they had done right. this like social commentary horror, I would have been here for it. But that's not what the whole movie was up until that point. Yeah, well, and I struggled with the idea that because yes they are rich yes it's a giant house but they still live in a neighborhood there's other houses nearby and they're shooting guns constantly and it is implied that that's a norm in this house right that he's constantly hunting roach that he's constantly hunting like service people or repairmen or whatever and i'm like how has nobody reported this on the flip side of that if you live in a bad neighborhood you hear gunshots often and you don't report it not that often i live in a shitty neighborhood (laughs) and you're right we don't report it but if we heard that many we'd be like we are at war (laughs) like what is happening (laughs) this house is in the city they could see the ghetto from the window yeah Paige, i literally hated that about this movie but there is commentary of being like you know if you have community trauma against the police you don't call the police oh yeah and when you do call the police they don't believe you because the white people who are living there they believe more than you the person who was reporting a crime yeah i get so i kind of like that that they felt safe shooting there because they're like no one's gonna do anything here like they had this like i think that was an unintentional social commentary i could see that though mikey yeah they address in the movie that the police are there often yeah which i think is bonkers like the police in this movie who leave the abandoned van in the driveway without doing anything i was like are you kidding me (laughs) i guess it's your van now because they're gone yeah even the worst the worst policeman is gonna have to be like well we have to tow it like it's evidence (laughs) we can't just leave it here and also it's in your driveway. Yeah, it's not finders <laughs> keepers. Losers dead in your basement. You parked to block it in and did not call us to tell us there was a strange man <laughs> abandoned in your driveway. They didn't even run the plates. I know, Mikey. All right, we just need to get into the movie. There is a yeah, lot yeah. to talk about. So let's get into the movie so we can talk about it. All right, so we open on credits over a set of tarot cards, and Fool and his sister Ruby are doing a card reading for his 13th birthday. Now, are we just going to call him Fool the whole time, or are we going to call him Poindexter? I called him Fool in my notes. Okay. I would like to call him Fool. That's what he goes by. Yeah, that's fair. Because going back to that house was foolish. <laughs> <laughs> no, he saves Alice, and good for him. Yes, like, good for him. Yeah, he didn't have to. Like that That's the mark of a person who truly is doing good for good's sake. Because I would say, as a child, his responsibilities ended long before that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, the second he's out of that house, he is no run. longer responsible for doing anything. <laughs> he, yeah. yeah. He yeah, got yeah. her to the roof. She should have jumped. After she didn't jump, I'd been like, you made your choice. No, she... I've been like, Todd... <laughs> Todd didn't jump. He made his choice. I called <laughs> the police. A terrible take because she is a child, a child, and very traumatized. Oh, he should have pushed yeah. her off the roof. So she died. Like, well, no, she would have landed in the pool. I see 
what he's saying. You hope she lands in the pool. Yeah. It's not that. It's one story up. I mean, we, she would have been fine, like broken ankle or something. This is a terrible take, Mikey. I understand her not jumping. She doesn't know what the outside world even is. Yeah. As far as we know, she's been in that house her entire life. A, a, yeah. a thing that would have been creepy to learn about throughout the film, but of course they don't even tell us anything about Alice. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it is inferred, which is. Yeah. And very grossly inferred. But let's just get into the movie. We'll talk about Oof. it when we get to yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to their apartment where we see that their mom is sick, but we don't have a lot of details about it yet. Yeah. Uh, but we do see that it's a, a pretty small apartment and there's a lot of people packed into it. And Fool is talking to Ruby, his sister, who is basically like, hey, there's nothing you can do to help. Mom is sick. You just need to go to bed, yeah. basically. But as he goes back to go to bed, he sees Ving Rames sitting in their apartment and doesn't know him so he's like hey who are you and he basically says that he's a friend of his sister ruby yeah i have to say it i love being every time i see him i'm like we're in for a ride you know what i loved him in this <laughs> me too he's great in this he's so funny in this anyone who will cuss with wild abandon around a child is love it on my list of people i love well, so funny that's why we get along so well because i've gotten in so much trouble with my friends and their children <laughs> oh did you walk past a child and say like yeah the president elected me secretary of pussy, pussy. <laughs> he hasn't but he will uh, i said czar i said czar because it's czar more of a modern take <laughs> um i will i will say i was very bummed that ving rames is not with us through the entire movie because oh, i yeah. like him a lot although i do love the boy in this movie he's great brandon quinton adams is amazing in this movie he was a good child actor because yeah. he was in everything <laughs> yeah he's in sandlot he's in mighty ducks yeah. he's in literally everything and he's still working but this movie kind of rests on his shoulders because he was in like every scene oh he is the lead for sure yeah so ving rames tells him that they're being evicted the next day because they're three days late and there's a a piece of their contract that basically says if you're three days late you pay triple or you get out which is insurmountable amounts of money like if somebody told me like hey you have to pay triple your rent right this second i couldn't pull that off no, <laughs> like absolutely not yeah that's it is impossible and it's by design it's it's designed to evict them so that they can tear the building down and build something new yeah and they make that very clear even in this first scene that it is like gentrification going on in this part of town well and they are the last family in the building so they're the last thing standing between whoever the landlord is and the office building dreams that they have so ving rames basically is like hey if you want to help I have an idea for you to help. We're going to go rob the landlord. Yeah. I love that Ving Rames is looking at a 13-year-old child, barely 13-year-old child, and he's like, you know what we need to do? We need to go steal the knock list. Yeah. We find out kind of why he wants Fool to help him later. He's got a great plan. I loved it. Ving Rames is a smart dude. Yeah. Well, he does some dumb shit in this movie, but in general, I like Ving Rames a lot. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite part was he's like, you stand in front of the dog. <laughs> I could definitely see you doing that, Mikey. I mean, there is an alarming <laughs> amount of him being like, 
yeah, uh, you're on your own, child, yeah. <laughs> later in this movie. That is a child, not his child. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, I mean, as an adult, if there is a child with me, I consider that child in my care, even though it's not my child. I do too, Paige. I'm 100% advocating for that. I'm just saying that might not be Ving Rhames' philosophy in this film. Yeah, it seems it not clearly to be. is I not. I think we do see it's not his philosophy, yeah. Yeah, uh, so we cut to a super fancy rich house where a guy is literally eating an entire rack of ribs. Now, given the rest of the movie. He's definitely eating a person. Yes. I Yes, yeah. you think so? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, me too. I know where you were going. He's definitely eating a person. Yeah. Cuz I'm watching and I was like that's a giant ass rack of ribs. Then having seen the rest of the movie, I'm like, oh, that's a person. Yeah, that's a person. That's a person's ribs. I have a question for y'all. Like if you had to amputate a limb, yeah. Would you cook and eat some of that limb that you amputated off? If I needed to, yes. If I didn't need to, no. <laughs> like you wouldn't try like one bite. What? Off of yourself? Like auto cannibalism. You're talking about eating yourself, Mikey. Like, okay, like, oh, I lost I lost my leg, but like you could you, you like you could grill. Why the did leg. you say that like you were a little bit excited you lost your leg? Oh, I lost my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody start the stove. What are you talking Let, about? Let's not even say leg. Let's like small finger left I hand. I am no, not no. eating a finger McNugget. No, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Here here's why. Your limbs aren't the good meat. Like that's your reason, Paige. <laughs> so if you lose a cheek, you're getting down on it. First off, the limbs are the wings of people. <laughs> yeah, but wings have the least amount of meat. Like, like if you lose a foot at the ankle, there's not a lot of like good meat for you to eat on that. You gotta lose a thigh from like knee to butt. I've got killer calves. And I'm going to tell you that right so now. So do I, Mikey. There's a lot of meat on my calves, lady. <laughs> meat, meat connoisseur. Let's say, let's say I'm in the middle of nowhere and I'm, I've am i got like my leg trapped in like a 127 hour situation and I managed to saw my leg off at the knee and not die of shock, which this is already assuming a lot. Yeah. Yes, I would cook that cat. Absolutely. Yes. yes. You are both just bonkers. No, to survive, Todd. Like, oh, I don't oh, have oh, any food. Oh, oh. That's perfectly good meat. Start a fire. Let's do it. My example is I've decided to replace my right arm with the cybernetic right arm that I can use. Okay, that's nuts. You're so crazy. Like Kroger exists in your fantasy, Mikey, but you don't want to make the trouble of going to Kroger. You wouldn't just like take one bite to see what it's like. No. no. I am starting to understand why when at the hospital they cut things off of people, they don't give them to them. Well, yeah. That's because our healthcare system is unfair. That's my <laughs> arm. <laughs> that's my meat, damn it. I carried it. I want to taste it. Uh, <laughs> You're insane, Mikey. You are cuckoo bananas. They eat the placenta. What's weirder than this? You shouldn't eat your placenta. You can get very sick from doing that. That is also something I would not do. I would be more likely to eat my own lamb than a placenta. It sounds like you're looking forward to doing <laughs> that, Mikey. <laughs> Now, okay, I, I want to be clear. I am not not curious about what human meat tastes like. 
<laughs> what is happening? However, I think I would need to be in like a Donner Party level situation yes. oh, to get to that yeah. point. I would say cannibalism under that situation, I completely understand. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you have an evil clone that comes to murder you. You have Oh, to- I'll eat the shit out of that clone. Thank you. I probably smell like bacon when I'm cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, the other other white meat. <laughs> no cut. <laughs> Unless it's a slice of person. <laughs> if you think that all of that is staying in the episode, you're high on person meat because there's no, no way. Page, I will leave all of that in. I promise you, I will. <laughs> Texas Day people. Texas Day Texas people. people. <laughs> You stay here until I turn this to red. That's what I don't want anymore, Mikey. I brought a whole evil clone to eat, and I am not leaving. I like how in this world, Texas Day people exists, but you have to bring your own meat. (laughs) You have to bring your own clone. It's just the natural ending of the movie, Us. They're like, here's my tether. Fire up the grill. All right, we've got to move on, because I learned some things about both of you that I need to desperately unlearn. Hey, hey, mine was only in a Donner Party or Evil Clone scenario. And Paige, I agree with that. You seemed a little too excited that that might happen at some point. But Mikey seems (laughs) legit like he's got plans to hack off a thigh later today. I've got to, one, lose weight, and two, I am hungry. It's the perfect diet. <laughs> oh, you mean the, the limb is going to be the weight you lose. Okay. Because yeah. I was like, no, you want to stay <laughs> chunky. Fat is flavor, my friend. Look at that Mikey fat just drips off the bone. Yeah. That's what I needed to do so I can look good. That's the wrong kind of losing weight. <laughs> we, can we move on, please? I'm sorry. I just wanted to make this episode weird, and I think I've gone there. I think I've accomplished everything. You didn't need to. This movie is already strange. Yeah. I wanted to one-up it. (laughs) Then we should have done Malignant instead. Speaking of Malignant, Fool's mom has cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. And the winner for a best segue in a podcast episode goes to... Michael Randolph but he'll never know he won because he doesn't listen to podcasts (laughs) I'm like thank you for your award this dying medium has really done a lot for me dying like (laughs) fool's mom (laughs) anyway before we find out that fool's mom has cancer daddy as we will come to call him for the rest of the film can we just say man I don't like calling him daddy daddy cannibal daddy and then when you learn that that's actually his sister oh i hated that so much Paige. so much in this he's spitting buckshot out of the ribs which means it is someone he shot and killed in the house yeah absolutely but also if you're a twin peaks fan this is i i don't remember their names but there are a couple in twin peaks where she's crazy and has an eye patch and He's her husband and is also in love with the waitress at the, at the Double R Diner. And they were hired for this movie as a couple because of their performance as a couple on Twin Peaks. Really? Yes. But on Twin Peaks, he just basically plays a straight man. Like he's not, he doesn't have anything super interesting about him. He's super nice, cares for his wife or whatever. And she is like. Cuckoo bananas. Balls to the wall. <laughs> Cuckoo bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like full on eye patch yelling about window blinds like she's just like out to lunch and 
That's why they hired them for this film. Early fun fact. Wow, okay. So, as he's eating those ribs, she's talking about the family that they're going to evict, which is Fool's family, yeah. and that she wants to build condos and get, air quotes, clean people. Yeah. She's also working on an old sewing machine, making what is clearly a dress for their, we assume it's their daughter, Alice, who is standing and just watching them eat people. Yeah. It's just like a horrifying reality in this movie. It's like such a specific kink. (laughs) That is a child, Mikey, who is being forced into this situation. Okay, cut that, please. Cut that. I can't, Mikey. There's no cuts. I don't have time. Oh, shit. So we cut back to Fool with a paper bag, which I assumed he was delivering drugs, and that's what Ving Rhames wanted him for. I thought that, too. But that's just because I've been watching a lot of The Wire. I mean, I love The Wire. It's such a good show. I had never watched it. I'm in season five as of today. It's so good. Oh, I was so sad when it ended. I was so sad when Omar died. What? Omar died? Paige, no! No, no. In real life, oh, the yeah, actor he who just played died. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I can tell because of Mikey's face that he does die. Mikey, you ruin everything! <laughs> no, 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 no. That show is over 20 years old, Todd. That's I mean, that's true. That's I didn't make enough money to ever have HBO until recently, so I've been catching up. Have you guys seen the show Rome? It's really good. Oh, there's only two seasons. Only two seasons. I know, only two seasons, but man, it's so good. But that's also like 25 years old, Paige, but I just recently watched it. Yeah, it is, but like Mark Antony is hot, though. So Fool has a paper bag and he's making his way through what looks like a crack house. And so that's why I thought I was like, oh, he's delivering drugs or money. And that's what Ving Rhames has had him do. Yeah. Except as he walks through, he then opens a door into their apartment. Yeah. At which point you're like, oh my God, this is their house. Like, this is where they live. Yeah, but I mean, they are the only actual residents, so it's very much used as like, I don't even yes. know. Yes, it's a squatter's house, essentially. Squatter's house? Okay. Yeah, and Ving Rhames is there, and he basically is like, hey, here's more of the plan of what I want to do. And he does kind of manhandle Ruby and fool a bit in this scene where he's just like hey shut the fuck up i need your like but he's pretty rough with them and he basically lays out that while he was robbing a liquor store he found out that the guy who owns the liquor store is the same guy that owns their building and he found some of his mail yeah and it's essentially a receipt for him trying to sell a coin collection now ruby is like i've heard bad things about those people you shouldn't go near them yeah because it seems like everybody sort of knows yeah it's kind of an urban legend that like people go there and don't come back yeah they come baby back (laughs) because of the ribs (laughs) because of the ribs wow that i love it that's terrible yeah but i mean even grandpa Um, booker knows about them and apparently this has been going on for generations because he was like when i was a kid we wouldn't even walk by that place well and it gave me a very targaryen vibe of like you know brother sister duos throughout time i think you mean couples maybe they had to make more brother sisters but they haven't well those two haven't that we know of i don't know if they are a product of incest they might be they also might be two children who were taken as babies raised that was my thinking that was my thinking too but there's no definitive answer either way yeah the movie does not delve that far into it it it, it just gives us like a sprint like a salt bay sprinkling 
of flowers in the attic yeah. and doesn't give us any more. Flowers in the attic, people under the stairs, worst Zillow listing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so Ving Rhames basically convinces Fool to help him so that their family doesn't have to be homeless and then leaves. He's going to pick up Fool the next day. Yeah. So Fool goes in to talk to his mom and he just says, one day I'm going to buy you a Cadillac for each foot and you get to skate around town so bad. And I nearly sobbed. I was like, that's the most adorable, wonderful thing I've ever heard. It's so sweet. Like it endears you to him immediately. Yeah. yeah. Where he's a sweet kid. He is. He's a sweet kid. You want so badly for him and his family to make it. And it's a bummer that what happens to him happens. <laughs> Because it's traumatic and crazy. It is traumatic, but he does save his mom. And the town, basically, from serial killers. Yeah, I mean, so he shouldn't have to go through what he he goes through. At the end of it, there is a nice silver lining. It's still terrible, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless he unleashed those people under the stairs into the community and they killed more people than would have been killed by the serial killers, if you think about it. I mean, we do see them walking away at the end, so, I mean... I mean, it really felt like they walked out of that basement and into the Lost Boys. (laughs) (laughs) So I think everything turned out fine. I'm 100% just going to drop in the sax solo from Lost Boys. (laughs) (laughs) So, we cut to the rich landlord's house and we see their daughter Alice eating a Alone in her room and her mom or what we assume to be her mom uh, comes in and takes the plate and is like you didn't lick this did you stand up I hope this fits so my first and this is me I don't know if this is just me reflecting on childhood uh, <laughs> but I was just like oh man the body shaming of like you can only eat this much you have to fit into this dress like yeah. That And I was like, this is a very specific and triggering type of abuse. But then it turns out to be so much worse than that, where I was like, forget the food shaming. That's like level one of what is going on here. Yeah, absolutely. Because she is like yelling at her, like, you better fit this dress. It took me all day to make it. Yeah. Uh, so she puts her in the dress and brushes her hair. and But she's almost treating her like a doll, not like a person. Yeah, it's so gross. Like, I hate it so much. Like, the mom's a good actor. She does a good job. But I hate her so much immediately. Well, and yeah, by design. You're yeah, not supposed to like exactly. her. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She does a good job with the character. You just hate her immediately. So she goes to clear her plate and sees that her fork is gone And she's like, do you remember the punishment for losing silverware? And someone hands it to her through the vent in the wall. Yes. And it's like a gray hand, right? Yes. Like really polite White Walkers. (laughs) (laughs) It's really cold in here. (laughs) So she stands up and hands her the fork. But as she does, daddy comes in and is like, hey, somebody robbed the liquor store we own. We know because we've already seen that that's Ving Rhames. But they don't know. And uh, he says, I'm very tense about this. I have a headache. And mommy is basically like, well, Alice has been bad. She's been feeding that thing between the walls again. And then she leaves the room and says, remember not to bruise her face. Yeah. And he takes his belt off, which is like, he, so he's about to beat her. Like, it's terrible. I hated everything about it. Well, yeah. And he he takes the belt off and wraps it around his knuckles. Yeah. So, like, that's how he's not going to bruise her, basically. But it's terrible. Oh, he's going to bruise her. Just not her face like just because he wraps the belt around his knuckles doesn't mean he won't leave bruises right so we cut to ving rames and spencer 
outside in a van and they have fool outside on the sidewalk dressed as they call him like a bear scout yeah it's pretty much a boy scout allegory bear cadet it's a boy scout yeah and he approaches the front door as he does somebody looks through the mail slot and the light above the porch blinks twice he goes around to the back and knocks no answer and he kind of just sits by the pond and alice sees him out the window but mommy opens the door and is like can i help you and he's like oh i'm selling cookies uh for cerebral palsy (laughs) and she's like no we watch what we eat here and he's like well do you have a bathroom i could use and she was just like no i love the way he plays it because she's like well i don't have time for cookies and he goes do you have time for cerebral palsy? I was like, that's a great comeback. I was like, this kid is going to be a great salesman one day, and I'm here for it. <laughs> but yeah, she treats him terribly, and it's very clear she's super racist. She's not only super racist, she is paranoid. Oh, yeah, sure. And here's what's terrible. They are there to rob her. (laughs) Her suspicions in this particular instance are correct. I don't think they've been correct all the time. No. A murderous serial killer clock is right twice a day. I was about to say, it's just like when Mikey brought this up in Blackula about the medical examiner always being like, it's vampires. He was right in that one movie situation. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Right, 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 right. Situation, he was wrong. That episode is bonkers. It is hilarious. I love it so much. Yeah, it's so great. Anyway, she won't let him in, and he kind of takes a look at the outside of the house and notices that there's locks on all the windows on the outside. Yeah, like key padlock. Yeah, which means that they're not trying to keep people out. They're trying to keep people in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is a house I would not go in. Like, if I went to Mikey's place, and he was like, yeah, come over, we'll have, like, lunch or whatever, and I noticed that there were, like, bars in the windows and locks on the outside, I'd be like, hey, let's just, like, meet at Las Palmas. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to Texas Day the people and it'll be fine. <laughs> and bring a rack of whoever you have in your house. <laughs> <laughs> rack of Terry. Oh, Terry, get out. <laughs> so he goes back to the van and he tells them about the padlocks, tells them about all the doors, and that she wouldn't let him inside. And Ving Rames is like, well, I'm not going inside till I can kind of figure out what's happening in there. Like right. if they have an alarm system, et cetera. Well, yeah. And so is the other guy who's with them, whose name is Spencer. Me. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying that he doesn't want to go in there unless he can like scope it out. So Spencer like legit goes up as like a, like a local gas employee or whatever. And he walks up and pretends to be from the gas company. And she's like, well, you pass the meter on the way up the drive. Basically like you have no reason to be here. Right. But he's like, uh, but there's a secret meter in the house that only, I know where it is so I have to come in And see it and she's like let me see some ID But Spencer thought of this and he uh, Has an ID made from like the gas Company yeah well and I think he's also Banking on the fact that he's White oh yeah I think that's true And it ends up not Mattering does that make sense yeah Because they murder him too You know and so It's again one of those things Where it's like I know they're serial killers And so you know they're just serial killers that's just kind of the name of the game but i feel like for the metaphor of this movie to be stronger they really needed to kind of show how specifically racist and not just evil these people were well i think they do because they're like don't think black people are good enough to go into their whole ritual of killing people yeah i i guess they're just the food i guess mikey which i can see but i hate that take I, right. I was, you could cut that out. That was more of a No, joke. I mean, I think you might be right. But it still doesn't, they don't do anything different, if that makes sense. Where, like, they throw Fool down there 
assuming that they're going to eat fool but why would they why don't they eat each other like there's nothing to differ differentiate oh yeah but that's why like i didn't even realize the movie was trying to make a metaphor until like the last 15 minutes yeah because it is like setting it up at the very beginning and then it's an hour and 10 15 minutes of dog chasing child around hh holmes hotel and then metaphor tacked on at the end Right. Yeah. So she does eventually let him in. They're waiting for him in the van. He doesn't come back out. But they see her leave in her car. And they're like, well, why would she leave with him in the house? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. But she does. Yeah. And so they decide to go in because they're worried that he's going to find the gold for himself and not share any. Right. They're worried that Spencer's not going to share his gifts. Yeah. Right. Gifts and novelties. <laughs> They crowbar their way into that exterior entrance, which opens into like what looks like a potting shed and then into the kitchen. But they're met with a steel door and they're trying to get inside. But as they do, they find a little like voodoo doll dressed like Spencer in a mousetrap. Yeah. And someone drags it away into the wall. Yeah, we find out that Roach does that. But yeah. Which is when I would have been like, I'm completely out of the situation. We're done. Well, they don't see that. They don't see that Roach grabs it. We see it. And it could be Roach or it could be Alice. We don't know. Because we know Alice makes them. I guess that's true. I honestly don't know who it was. But I assumed it was Roach because it was from inside the wall. But I have no idea. Right. Uh, So they finally get the door open open and they are met by a vicious rottweiler who immediately tries to attack them well yeah i mean they're breaking in that that dog is just doing what it was trained to do yeah and i like that fool gets the dog to stop by saying your mama sleeps with cats yeah and the dog's like (laughs) (laughs) like how dare you and then fool like jukes him out like the dog runs and he jumps up and like lifts his legs and the dog runs at the door he like drops down and closes the door behind him it's great right so they they lock the dog out um Then there's something, again, super insidious that, like, on a first watch you don't notice, but on a second watch is pretty obvious. As they walk into the kitchen, I don't know if either of you noticed Oh, the meat grinder? Yep. Yeah, I totally noticed that. Only seen this movie once. That was the first thing I saw. I was like, oh, if I'm opening a steel door that opens into a kitchen with a meat grinder that's bloody... I am not staying in that kitchen. I'm leaving. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I, I think what you mean is it's Texas Deba people, Mikey. Yeah, Texas Deba people. Texas Deba Massacre people. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> it wasn't a funeral home. It was a restaurant that only served clones. <laughs> now, in the kitchen, every cabinet had a lock on it. Now, it's still early in the film, and so I still t- interpreted that as like... They're trying to starve their daughter? Yeah, like food abuse. That's what to, I like, thought, make too. Her skinny because i can't tell you how many people i know that have struggled with their weight where as children they were locked out of cabinets or locked out of the fridge i hate everything about that that is awful yeah thank god the economy's so bad that both parents have to work now (laughs) (laughs) thank you reagan yeah thanks for the worst take ever um anyway as they come in they see a sign that says hear no evil speak no evil see no evil yes which will come back later in the film um they also see that there's piles of flies in the windows and it smells bad which we will eventually find out is because there's a fuck ton of dead bodies which you would smell like there's no way you wouldn't be like oh there are dead people very close to me well john wayne gacy kind of pulled it off that's what got him in trouble right that's what got him in trouble like that's yeah he got got no that's not what got he uh sent a 
uh, disc to the police that he had reformatted, but it still had stuff from his church on it. You're thinking of BTK. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John Wayne Gacy was the clown, and th- it was the smell in his house that I think it was his wife reported, or maybe one of the kids he was like had working for him or something like that. I can't remember. I think it was one of the kids he had working for him, um, but he had moved from the crawl space to other parts of the house, and that's when it started to get yeah. really bad. Um, but also, it was one of those things where like no one came over for the most part because it was just him alone running that construction company and then oh, gradually taking you. I boys feel you, john wayne i think you're siding with the wrong person i'm just saying no one's coming over well i mean they are they're just not leaving um so uh, nobody who would have noticed the smell could Paige, like believe me when mikey has someone come over he makes sure they leave <laughs> in a body bag <laughs> no no it's time for you to make like a tree and get the fuck out of here <laughs> time for you to make like a clone and sizzle <laughs> oh. now i know why the texas day of brazil and nashville closed people meet they were sweeney todding it todd <laughs> i don't know how you can be named the same as sweeney todd and not see the merits of eating people <laughs> yeah we just got to go down to uh ruth chris which is just when you eat two people <laughs> named Ruth and Chris. Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Chris. It's actually Ruth's Chris because it was Chris's and then his wife, Ruth, sued him, got control of it, and then put her name on the front of it. Yep. Love everything about that story. You get it, lady. Also, your potatoes, delicious. Oh. They are to die for. So what's not to <laughs> die for is the smell in this house, which Ving Rames thinks is rats. And they decide that they're going to go find Spencer and they hear something moving upstairs. So they go upstairs as they're climbing the stairs. Fool is a little apprehensive. Yeah. So Ving Rames has him stay downstairs to keep a lookout. So as he's downstairs, he hears a thump and he looks at, kind of around and sees a door that opens to under the stairs. So he opens it up to investigate. So he opens the door and proceeds down the stairs, calls for Spencer, and he sees a shadow and is just like, nope, I'm not stupid. I'm not getting murdered down here. (laughs) Which is the right call. And then he runs back up the steps. Yes. And then he stops himself and says, no, I got to be a man or whatever. So I... Am gonna die today. Toxic masculinity. Absolutely, right here. it's where it gets us all in the end, Mikey. Yep. Uh, <laughs> as he goes back down the stairs, he trips a line, closing the door behind him. He finds Spencer's clipboard and lighter and lights it to investigate the basement. He sees that there is what looks like a boiler, but we will find out later is a crematorium. Yes, because it used to be a funeral home. Yeah. Um. He sees a flashlight and sees people kind of running in the part of the basement that's kind of fenced off, and sees a TV facing into that fenced off area and as he kind of looks around he gets kind of like a gust of smoke and dust he sees the flashlights through the walls and then trips over a body and it's spencer but he's old and dead and what he says is that he's scared to death and that like turned his hair white and stuff that makes no sense to me i think it was a weird choice to have his body look weird like that i did not even catch that yeah Yeah, it's very strange but there's a lot of really strange stuff in this movie that i did not care for you mean like the actual people on the stairs being given flashlights like how many batteries are they going through (laughs) right anyway in spencer's hand is one of the coins so fool takes it and holds it up to the light and as he does people drag spencer's body through the partition in the wall and they've clearly tried to eat his hand he pulls it back but they were already starting in on their texas day people oh yeah like he he has like clear bite marks all over that hand yeah yeah they're calling phalange fingers (laughs) so One of them lunges at Fool and kind of tackles him and he throws them off. We'll find out later that this is Roach. 
And I think Roach is trying to help him at this point, but he just doesn't know. I think he's trying to help him the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he tries to run up to the door, but the stairs turn into a slide and there's a ton of people down there. He runs back up the slide, bangs on the door. Alice opens it and he escapes just in time, locking the door behind him. Yes. And as he's kind of registering that there's a girl there, he hears the car outside and it's mom and dad coming back and they've now found the van. So he runs upstairs to find Leroy, a.k.a. Ving Rhames, and Leroy has his head in one of the vents in the wall. Yeah. And he's like, there's something in the wall. And he tries to get Fool to crawl in there and see what it is. <laughs> and Fool is like, no, we got to get out. And he's like, have you seen Spencer? And he's like, yeah, he's fucking dead. We got to fucking leave, basically. So they run downstairs. They're trying to get through the door. As they try to get out the front, they are electrocuted and realize that none of the windows can crack open they're all locked yeah they are very much trapped inside this house now the entryway that the the parents quote unquote are trying to get in mm -hmm. has been blocked because they they trapped the dog out there yeah they trapped the dog out there with like a mop against the door so they're like mm -hmm. the parents are trying to get in and ving rames and fool are trying to like figure out how to get out it, it is pretty tense yeah and what they do on the other side, because now they're like, well, the dog is outside and it shouldn't be. So clearly somebody let it out. Yeah. They dent in the bottom of that metal door enough for Prince, the dog, yeah. to get in. And that's what that's what Big Rams is like. Hey, stand here out in the open and I'm going to hide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what I call pulling a Mikey. Although I don't think it's a bad move. It just doesn't play out the way he thinks it will. Yeah. The dog comes in and just stares. At Fool. It doesn't hurt Fool. This is the only time the dog doesn't immediately try to hurt and kill Fool. <laughs> Prince is like, oh, hey, what up, Fool? And then Bing uh, <laughs> Rames is like, oh, shit. And then the dog, like, attacks Bing Rames again. Yes. And then something insane happens. Like, it's cuckoo bananas. Like, I mean, I think it the, makes the sense. science checks out, I think. Oh, yeah, it the does. The science does check but out. But that dog would have ripped off Bing Rames' arm. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I and then he could have ate it. <laughs> Mikey, I'm very concerned about you eating yourself at some point. Uh, but essentially, <laughs> Fool pulls Leroy toward the door, which they know will electrocute him, and he grabs it, creating a circuit through the three of them because they're all holding hands, electrocuting all of them, including the dog. Right. And they all sort of like fall onto the floor. Right. And the movie does establish that Fool is kind of a nerd. His name is Poindexter, but he is kind of into science stuff because this will come up later with the wires at the end. So all the windows are bolted shut. They can't essentially get anywhere. They run upstairs and they enter what looks like the dog's bedroom, but we will find out that it's like daddy's gun room later. But they run out into the hall. Daddy's coming up the stairs after them with a gun and they try to just scatter and they lock down the whole house. So all the doors like auto lock. Roach is trying to call for essentially one of them or both of them at least to come into the walls and come into the vents but fool is too scared and honestly ving rams is probably too big he is and he's hiding in kind of like a closet but as roach makes noise to try and get fool to come to him daddy shoots in the direction of that noise and ends up attacking ving rams yes so they end up in the hallway ving rams says run fool <laughs> and he's talking to fool yes. but they assume he was just 
say that he was calling daddy fool or that he's just saying fool or that maybe he was talking to spencer not knowing that spencer was already dead right right well i think they do know that spencer's dead because i think she put him in that basement room. oh yeah, yeah yeah but they don't know whether ving rame's character knows oh, right, that right, spencer right. is dead right right either way they don't yet know that fool exists and is still in the house yeah exactly so they drag his body downstairs because they have just murdered a man in their home which i do understand it is a home invasion i technically think this is legal right now it depends on the state mikey but yeah stand your ground states for sure and honestly there are a lot of other states that don't have stand your ground laws where this would be legal because they are on their property right yeah which is another thing that i think kind of muddies this movie a little bit because they do break in (laughs) and so there's some parts of it that you're like i hate this and don't like these people but also i guess i understand why they shot him but it's still bad in our mind we know they're serial killers so like we're ultimately like these are bad people what they're doing is bad but if two people broke into your house and you happen to kill them you would not go to jail right and to be honest if somebody broke into my house I'm going to probably try to kill them, like, to try and make sure I don't die. (laughs) Like, I understand that dynamic. When people ring on my doorbell unannounced, I'm like, am I going to have to kill somebody? Like, I hate (laughs) when people show up and just, like, knock on my door or ring my doorbell that I don't know are coming. I don't answer that shit. Oh, me either. Like, literally, I should not tell you this story. I have a ring doorbell, and some guy came with what was clearly a basket. And I answered my ring from my bedroom. And I was like, hey, what's up, man? And uh, he was like, oh, we're just from this church and we're dropping off this gift gift basket. And I was like, we're good. We don't (laughs) want it. Save your gift basket. And he said, okay, thanks. Have a good day. I was like, cool. Yeah. He was nice about it. We live near a good number of Jehovah's Witnesses. So I didn't want to say who it was. I'll say who it is. Yeah. Don't come to my door. Exactly. And we, my husband and I have hid together in the bedroom, just being like, do you think they're gone? You go check. No, you go check. And the last (laughs) time it happened, we like, they were gone. And I was like, Oh, cool. So we like opened the door to see if they were like gone from the complex. And as we did that, one of our other neighbors across the way is like, are they gone? And I was like, yeah, they're gone. <laughs> like, So it wasn't even just us. It was our other neighbors also secretly hiding in their homes That's awesome. from the Jehovah's Witnesses. It was pretty fun. So I feel that way when the Mormons come to my door and the Mormons know me because I'm an ex-Mormon. Like they follow me around through my tax records because oh. they still view me as a member of the church, even though I've written them asking them not to Mm. but that's how they can claim like they have so many members it's Mm -hmm. very scientologically driven like that if that makes (laughs) sense yes never let the search of scientology get your address they will keep it forever (laughs) and they will say you're a member of their church they will also forward they will track you through multiple addresses that's what happened to me yeah this is the first time in my life i've ever owned a house so i i used to like apartment hop because it would get too expensive and i'd have to move because i've been poor almost all my life but like yeah they will follow you through your tax records it's gross and predatory and i hate it anyway i didn't want their gift basket he was nice and just left but you know it is what it is yeah 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 Anyway, all this to say, I am very sad Ving Rhames died. Wish he was with us for the rest of the movie. I do think that just firing on a person who's clearly unarmed is not great. But also, if somebody just burst into your house and you weren't expecting it and you were armed, I get why that would happen. Right. But that's why I think the metaphor in this movie is convoluted at best. Yes. And it's one of the reasons I'm like, ugh. 
I wish someone would make this movie and put like more thought into it or less. <laughs> In some cases, less. I think that's why Get Out works better. Yeah, because they they really are luring people and get out yes it is insidious or taking them i mean one of the two siblings is literally just kidnapping people there's yeah. a way to do this metaphor of like people not caring about crime in the inner city so a serial killer sets up shop to take advantage of that but this yeah. is not it i mean and there are like documentaries about serial killers who have done yeah. exactly that so yeah absolutely yeah 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 so fool after seeing Ving Rhames get shot, climbs in through the vent and lights the lighter and realizes that the dog is often in the vent yeah. because there's a food bowl and a rib cage there. And he is now trapped in a place where the dog can go. Yeah. And he sees that Alice is now pulling the doll that kind of attracted him into the vent, which is dressed like him, back through. And so he kind of crawls through following the doll. We should talk about that Alice can make very good dolls in like 13 seconds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Her doll game is on point. Yeah. Is it the Ving Rhames doll? Like, where did she get all that clothing? Like, she made it yeah. by hand? Like, wow. And the fact that she, like, the parents are like, oh, she just sits up there and makes dolls. I'm like, you have to have given her so much felt. Like, so <laughs> much. Yeah, so much fabric. <laughs> the thing that's funny is, in hindsight, when the mom was like, it took me all day to make this dress, I bet Anne was like, I could have made that dress in like a minute and a half. You suck. <laughs> because she knows how to make some, some dresses and clothes. So, as Fool crawls out into kind of where Alice has drawn him. He's still running because he can still hear daddy running through the halls shooting. And he sees a door open at the end of the hall and it's Alice. He runs into that room where it's the bathroom with a doll and she has his doll essentially. And they introduce themselves to each other yeah. uh, where he basically is like, my name's fool. It's, you know, actually it's Poindexter, but I go by fool. Uh, and she's like, I'm Alice. I've never had, she's essentially never met a black person that did not immediately get murdered by her family. Right. And she's also never been outside is what we find out. And she says that no one ever has gotten out. People have tried, but they've never gotten out. Ugh. And at this point, Fool is like, I'm going to get out. Yeah. Like, it, I'm going to be the first. Like, I'm going to find a way. So he asks her about the people in the cellar. And she then, this is where she kind of lays out the MO of her air quotes parents. Yeah. Where they're looking for the perfect boy child, but every one of them has turned out bad and saw things they weren't supposed to or talked back. And so they put them in the cellar one by one with flashlights and food and they cut out the bad parts, which is usually the tongue. Yeah, probably the other bad parts. Oh, I didn't think about that, Mikey, but you're probably right. I thought about that, too, because a lot of cults do this. They cut out tongues? No, no, no. Like like Warren Jeff's was kind of famous for doing this, where they get rid of boys after a certain age to remove oh, them yeah. as a sexual, like a potential sexual match for the teenage girls. And that's what, that's because Warren Jess was like literally marrying 13 and 14 year old girls, bunches of them because they believed in polygamy. Yes. And I think what's happening in this movie that doesn't get explored or addressed and honestly should be a, its own separate movie. It's its own terrifying reality is that, Daddy has always had designs on Alice. Yes. And he has gotten rid of every boy child is what I think is going on. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So Fool then asks her, why aren't you in the cellar? Basically, like, how are you up here? And all those people are down there. And she says, I do not hear or see or hear or speak evil. 
and she says it's the only way and tells him that daddy is hunting roach who got out of the cellar and into the walls and now daddy can't find him this is also where we find out that they i guess she doesn't clarify till later that they've cut out roach's tongue but once we meet roach we'll find out yeah we don't know that until we actually see roach's cut out tongue right so we cut back out to the hallway where daddy is running around in full gimp gear it is amazing how quickly he can get in and out of a gimp suit yeah like spider-man superman levels of fastness getting into that suit. <laughs> so what you're saying is yeah. he's always wearing the gimp suit under his clothing he just puts the, the hood on <laughs> maybe because i mean we see him hang it up at one point but like but i felt the same thing where i was like how because like it's got all the straps and zippers and it's leather and i was just like there's no way he's getting in and out of that so that no, fast. but there's so much in this movie that doesn't make sense if you think about it logically. Well, and I think it's because Wes Craven wanted this to be a metaphor and was so invested in the metaphor and that kind of bizarre world he was creating to kind of serve that metaphor that he didn't really pay attention to some of the details and in doing so ruins his own metaphor to a degree. Yeah, I, I agree that he ruins his metaphor, yes. Yeah, so we see Daddy in full gimp gear and Fool is asking, is there another way out? And Alice is like, yeah, you got to go further into the walls. Sometimes in is out. Yeah. Uh, and he chooses not to. Uh, but then daddy hears him in the bathroom and fool hides in the shower behind the shower curtain. And we cut down to mom who's feeding Spencer's hand to the Rottweiler. Yeah. And we know because it has his ring on it. So as that's happening, the police arrive to investigate the van abandoned in front of their house that was involved in a robbery because the police have kind of run the plates on it, I guess. And that's how they found it. But they don't take it with them as evidence, which is bonkers. (laughs) Yeah. But this is where they find the Boy Scout uniform or Bear Scout uniform, right? So they realize that Fool is still in the house. Right. And as they're watching from upstairs, uh, Fool tries to yell for the police from upstairs and they cannot hear him. Because it's, you know, double pane glass or whatever. Yeah. But Prince, the dog, hears it. And so now the dog is clued into the fact that there are still people in the house that he should be hunting. So we cut to mommy and daddy talking to the police about the van. And they are like, oh, we just got back shopping and it was here. We don't know anything about it. We don't know where the people went. We saw them walk away. But, like, we didn't call you guys or think it was weird or anything. So... The police are like, okay, well, we'll check the neighborhood. You should stay inside and lock the doors. And they're like, of course. And then they have this line of, honestly, it's as if we're the prisoners. Yeah, I hated it so much. Like, they are just disgusting people. Yeah, and it's basically just the implication that the neighborhood's so bad that it's put upon them to be prisoners in their own home. Right. As opposed to the fact that they're the most dangerous thing in this neighborhood. Well, and they legit have prisoners in their own home. Like, yeah, Yeah. Paige, 100%. Yeah. Yep. So they go back inside. But now they have the little scout uniform. And so they are worried about him getting to Alice. Yeah. um, Because there is a weird fascination with Alice's purity and a real focus on 
if somebody's hanging out with Alice and specifically somebody black because they do use the n-word they are specifically racist well but they also are very focused on her purity like as you pointed out Paige but like at the end of this movie when they find out that she's been hanging out with fool like the dad calls her a whore yeah oh it is immediately assumed that she and fool have had sex even though there was no time for that and they've just been running for their lives yeah but it's an immediate assumption and it immediately puts her in danger oh yeah absolutely so so meanwhile as they come back into the house prince is already onto it and is chasing fool through the house through the walls he runs into prince and prince coughs up spencer's ring because he ate his hand yeah and he punches him in the face now punches the rottweiler in the face yeah yeah I, i didn't think you meant the dog punched him in the face yeah I wanted to be clear, uh, but it reminded me of uh, one of my very close friends taught high school for a while. Okay. And one time took her students on a walk and a pit bull off the leash came charging. Oh, no. And one of her students just stepped up and punched it in the face and it ran away. (laughs) And she was just like, I'm so glad you knew what to do in that situation because I did not. (laughs) Like, what's even going to happen? Those summer classes of dog boxing really paid off in that situation. You guys, when in doubt punch a thing in the face yeah (laughs) what in doubt punch it out yeah (laughs) absolutely so as this is happening daddy gets into the bathroom but fool is ready for him and he's got the back of a toilet and smashes it over his head oh i loved it it was great it was great so as he's running from that roach pulls him through one of the vents into the walls yes because roach has had time to make a billion elaborate trap doors throughout the house apparently well, I think he's been doing that the whole time. Yes. I think he's been doing it for years. Yeah. I didn't get the impression he had escaped and he's been in the walls that long. No, he's been in the walls for at least months. We, we don't really get a definitive time on that, but I assumed it was a long time. Yeah. Okay. Because the dad can't shoot for shit. He's pretty much a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah. And, and so he's just shooting into his walls, essentially, yeah. in this crazy labyrinthian house. And he and the mom keep shouting about like, we'll kill him before he gets to Alice. And then they find one of the dolls and they're like, he's gotten to Alice because they know that she makes the dolls. Yeah. So Roach reemerges in Alice's room with Fool. And this is where we find out that they've cut his tongue out. And it was because they caught him trying to call for help. And that was speaking evil. And Fool is just like, your parents are fucking nuts. And she's like, shh. That's speaking evil. Basically, they're going to get you. She literally says they would kill you if they heard you say that. Yeah. Because I'm sure she's seen them kill other people who have said things like that. Yep. And he asks her why she makes the dolls. And she says she does it to hold the souls of the burglars, salesmen and workmen when they die. Yeah. So as they're having this conversation, daddy barges into the room and is basically trying to shoot fool. He's trying to shoot at Roach as well. Roach climbs back into the vents. He fires. We'll find out later that he does hit Roach. He's about to shoot fool in the face. Yeah. Like point blank shotgun to the face. Yeah, and the mom has choke slammed Alice onto the bed and is actively hitting her. Yeah. And they say that it's time to clean house, total spring cleaning. So they make Fool drag Leroy's body and then they throw him in the basement and they make Alice clean up Leroy's blood. But they throw her onto the floor yeah. into that puddle of blood. Yeah. And then later... When they're forcing her into the bath? 
Yeah, because she got yeah. her dress dirty, and it is a scalding bath, and we know because her skin is red after. So like, well, and it's steaming. Like we see it. Yeah, absolutely, Paige. While that's happening, they have Fool chained in the basement, and he watches as Daddy butchers Leroy, which is Ving Rhames. He eats some of it raw. Yeah, and then throws literally just a strip of like his chest to the basement dwellers and then dumps the whole <laughs> rest of the body in like he's got like an underground pool and just kind of dumps them in yeah so we cut upstairs mm-hmm. where alice is being literally like forcibly scalded for getting her dress dirty yeah and we cut back down to fool where he's going to put him in with the basement people he thinks that he has successfully done that and that he has successfully doomed fool to be eaten by the basement people and he comes upstairs to talk with mom about what happening with alice and at this point alice is badly burned you can see that she is scalded it does disappear two scenes later but yeah she is badly scalded and he tells all of them that fool is dead and that roach is also probably dead because he shot him yeah meanwhile down in the basement a trap door opens and it looks like Leroy's body comes out of that trap door. But it's actually Roach who's there to save Fool. <laughs> In the most dumbest, elaborate prank plan that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yes. The physicality of the actor who plays Roach. He's been in a million things. He's in That Thing You Do. He's a McPoyle. He's like, oh, yeah. He's been in a lot, though. Like, he is a, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. This is his first film. Oh, and one really? of the things, yes. One of the things that I think he does really well is the physicality of talking with no tongue. Because he has a tongue. Like, he, we know he does. Like, yeah. All right, Paige. You're married. <laughs> but his ability to kind of, move his mouth as if there was no tongue yes like when he first learns fool's name where he's like fool where like if you couldn't use an l basically and he does it throughout the movie really really well um but this is also one of those scenes where he's like it's me roach and you're just like yes (laughs) so he pulls fool out and they climb into the boiler slash crematorium now this is where we find out it's a crematorium because you can see behind fool's head yeah there's the letter saying it's a crematorium and this is where he realizes that fool is shot and we got to get him to a hospital uh but i think or or we we find out that roach is shot we got to get him to a hospital yeah yes i think roach knows he's gonna die where he's like i'm not gonna make it i think he knows he has to be in a hospital or he's gonna die and there's no way he's getting out so he's gonna die but really he's like hospital what's that i've lived my whole life (laughs) well that's true too yeah you might be right about that for sure so he gives fool some of the coins and shows him how to basically climb up the chimney to where alice is and basically tells him like go get alice because you get the impression that roach and alice have been friends for a long time Mm -hmm. and he wants her to get out too and so um he dies fool climbs up that chimney yeah up to alice's room the dog I think knows that fool's not dead and is trying to alert daddy, but he's too busy beating Alice. Yeah. I mean, he literally comes out of the hallway and tells a dog to shut up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really connected to that scene. Oh, I'm but I, sure I mean... you did, Mikey. <laughs> so as he goes out to tell the dog to be quiet, fool comes out of the vent and just punches him in the ball. Right in the nuts. It's awesome. It's yeah. great. And breaks a lamp over his head. Oh, yeah. 
While he's struggling, they climb back through the walls, but Alice's dress gets stuck. He lights Roach in the crematorium, knowing that they're in the vents and that that smoke is going to vent through the whole house, which yeah. is a terrible system. It is a terrible system, but he's trying to flush them out. Yeah. And it does heat them up. I mean, Alice even says, oh, it's getting hot in here, right? Yeah, does somebody turn on the heat? Yeah. But they end up ripping Alice's dress. They keep climbing. They pop out of a vent in the walls and they explore and Daddy starts firing through the walls. Yeah, just wildly. We're at the point in this movie where they're just like in the walls, out of the walls, in the walls, out of the walls. Yep. Not much else happens except they're going through this labyrinth of a house and they put the dog in the wall as well. Yeah. So as the dog is chasing them, Daddy's stabbing through the wall with a bayonet on a shotgun yeah that has not been on the shotgun the entire movie but for some reason now is yeah and he's in a room filled with candles and the pictures of all the children they've taken which was a quite a bit of children yeah quite a bit of children a room that has never entered again even when the police searched the house like it's a room that only exists in this one scene as far as i can tell so he's stabbing through the wall and so fool holds the dog against the wall so he stabs into the dog yeah and prince gets killed which is so sad because he's just a dog and they've trained him to be a bad dog but he's not really a bad dog he's just a dog yeah made me very sad it made me very sad we don't have time for nature versus nurture today <laughs> yeah anyway he pulls the bayonet out and it has blood on it so he assumes that he's gotten them yeah so he goes back to mom and is like i got him and she's like prove it and while they're having that argument, Alice and Fool make their way back up through the wall. Yeah. And away from where the dog has died. So they go in, bust through the wall where they've killed the dog. Which, by the way, when the police come later, I don't know how they explain how many walls they have knocked through. They don't have any because they fixed them in the two hours from where they create this the Swiss cheese wall situation they have in their house. Yeah. All of that is magically fixed by the time the police show up, which is bonkers to me. Yeah. I agree. And so they find the dog, but by then Alice and fool have made it to the attic. Right. And there is an open window and fool is going to jump from the roof into, there's like a pond below uh, that he hopes is deep enough, but that's how they're going to get out. Yeah. And Alice is afraid. Yeah, she even says, I'm not even sure how deep that pond is. I don't want to jump out there. Well, and she's never been outside at all. I mean, that's true, too. She might be yeah. like, what the fuck is a pond? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, here, let me show you. Swoosh. So Fool jumps, lands in the pond, makes it, climbs out, and Daddy runs after him, shooting after him outside. And basically, Mommy's like, don't ever shoot your gun outside. Come back inside. So they let Fool get away. Yeah. And she just says, go into your room and get into your suit. I hate everything about these two people and this part of the movie, <laughs> but he does get gimped up. You're right. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Fool makes it home and he brings the coins to his grandfather and is just like, the coins are real. This is what's going on in that fucked up house. And his grandfather's like, these coins alone are enough for you to pay your rent for a long time and to pay for your mom's operation. Hold on to these tomorrow. We'll get an ambulance and just be careful. But this is where we find out that who we have been referring to as mommy and daddy, because that's what the movie calls them. Right. Our brother and sister. Yeah, it's real gross. I hated this so much. And I really do feel like there was a missed opportunity in this scene because Grandpa Booker should have been like, I hope this isn't fool's gold. 
How long have you been baking that one? I have decided that I'm going to try and write one Mikey joke per episode. <laughs> oh, great. And that was my foray into it. Yeah. Yeah, stay in your lane. <laughs> you don't like me stepping on your Mikey joke? No, you go get scared over there. I, this is my lane over here. Well, if we pick a movie that was scary, I would. There's not any of that in this. Oh, you mean the listeners? The listeners who are like, you know what we hate? Scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to come up with something really, really, really scary for next month. I'm really, I've been looking through a lot of different stuff to try and find something mm. that will scare both of us. I want to scare both of us, Todd. I have not been scared by a listener request since I think the taking of Deborah Logan. Oh God. That I talked about that on the Who's There podcast that'll come out in October. How that's one of the scariest movies I have seen it in is recent so years. So scary. Yeah. It's yeah. really messed me up too because I continue to try to find a woman who can unhinge her jaw. <laughs> 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 not that she would need to, but it's nice to know it's an option. Plus Jake keeps coming into the kitchen and I'm just standing on the stove and he's like, What's this about? Do you remember when she stood yes. on the stove? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I definitely remember. Uh, I, I love, love this new game we play where we just like set people up to die with their jokes. I'm going to put in crickets, Paige. Like, <laughs> Thank you. But just rickety cricket. <laughs> just like, hey, guys. You're going to need more of the red. I just thought you were, I just thought you were cooking yourself. Yeah. Feet loaf. <laughs> Paige, no. Please do not encourage Mikey's cannibalistic behavior. Escartos. <laughs> you can't do a bread pun for shit, but eating toes is on the menu for you, Mikey. <laughs> Bread's like my kryptonite. Anyway, so we also find out that they've been reported to the police a number of times, and the police have not taken it seriously. Right. Where they've been able to kind of talk their way out of it the whole time. Yeah. So fool sister Ruby is like, hey, don't go messing with those people again. I read your cards. Don't go back there. And fool is like, I have to go back for Alice. I made her a promise. Yep. And she needs me and I'm going to keep it. So he goes to a payphone and calls 911 and calls in like a CPS report of child abuse, knowing that they have to respond. Right. So as they're responding, they show up at the house. Mommy and daddy are serving them like cookies and coffee. And the walls are now magically fixed. Yep. And they're playing off this whole like, oh, we don't even have children. But like, you know, a few false calls are fine if we can prevent one child from being abused. Yeah. And they search the house. Have you tried that pizza place down the street? Is it Comet Pizza Place or whatever the, the QAnon oh, one no, was? Oh, no, Mikey, no. <laughs> Comet Pizza doesn't even have a basement. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. That's what people would say if they were hiding children in a basement. Yeah, but legit, somebody went there and shot the place up. So they search the house and they find Alice's room. And they're like, well, you said you didn't have any kids. And they're like, oh, she died a long time ago. But yeah, we, we don't anymore. The room. Yeah. And then the police officer's like, I'm sorry, that must be very painful for you. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah. the police officer's up, like, boys, we're <laughs> yeah. going home. Clearly, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> it was Officer Todd Michael where. Well, we got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't like that you threw me into that. Well, that's what would happen if someone said that to us. We'd be like, yeah. we got to go down the street. Mikey, if someone said that to you, you would look them dead in the eye and be like, I have to shit. Can I use your bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember which podcast we tell, told Blackula. that story That's on. Is it Blackula? Okay, so if you missed the Blackula episode. No, no, no. It's, it's Get Out where she's like, How'd your oh, mom yeah. die? 
Oh, it is the get out episode. That's right. Uh, I got to go. I got to go poop. Bye. Uh, So the police leave and they go through the house and basically open up all the booby traps. But what we find out is the back door has been open the whole time. The police were there. Yes, but it doesn't count. What? Because it's in the back door page. I got it. (laughs) It still counts. I don't know, man. I feel like that's uh, that's the first thing I'm going to ask God when I die. Does butt stuff count? Like, am I in hell because butt stuff counts? (laughs) The first question. And he's going to be like, no, you're in hell for punching all the children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, can you answer the question, though? Do I get three questions? (laughs) I'm not a genie. I don't know why Yahweh sounds like that, and I apologize. Regardless, we find out that they used horse tranquilizers on all of the people in the basement, so they got to have a fun ketamine day. Yeah. They were buried down in the K-hole. Yep. I thought it was just ivermectin or whatever. (laughs) Ivermectin sounds like the guy who comes out to fix your Wi-Fi router. (laughs) I can't tell if Paige's internet is broken or if she hates hates your joke i hated your joke (laughs) (laughs) they can't all be beggars (laughs) your joke was so bad it froze me (laughs) your joke was so bad she buffered yeah so they decide they're gonna go look for fool the next day to kill him so there's no witnesses but fool is playing a trick on them because he's in their kitchen cupboard yep and he hears them talking to each other in the bedroom where they've set up a tape recorder yeah and they jump out and try and grab him which i don't know why or how they already realized that he was in the house and they were going to try and trap him like it i don't know how there are two steps ahead of him on this i I mean i think that fool's a little young for this but if you leave that back door open someone's gonna jump through it ladies no todd no (laughs) i think you mean he left some loose ends (laughs) (laughs) i'm probably gonna cut all of this you can't stuff more like cut stuff (laughs) (laughs) no cuts page anyway so they chase after him and he runs back down it looks like he gets out of the kitchen but he didn't he's still in the house but because he came back they're like well what about alice what do we do with her and we find out that she's hanging in the attic yeah by her wrists yeah they hung her up there (sighs) yeah And she's tied to a bolt in the chimney. Meanwhile, Fool has climbed up that chimney, pushes the bolt out, and they push a few few bricks out to basically free her. She pretends to still be hanging because daddy comes up to check on her. I mean, that's what you would do, right? You would pretend like the status quo has not changed. Right. And she asks to be let down. And this is the part that made me so incredibly uncomfortable. I think it's alluded to a lot in the movie and it you is. suspect that it's happening in the movie but he grabs his crotch yeah. implying that there is a sexual element to the abusive relationship that he he has with her uh that it's not clear as to if he has been sexually abusing her the entire time or if he's about to. Yeah. But either way, it's the worst. It definitely felt like he was about to. What you don't know is if it's the first time or not. Right. I hated it. I hate him so much. Yeah. And the mom, a.k.a. sister, drags him back down to bed, implying that she kind of knew that was going to happen and she's trying to prevent it. So it definitely implies that she and her brother have a sexual relationship. Yeah, but... 
when you say she was trying to prevent it I don't know that she's preventing it for Alice's benefit Exactly I feel like she was like No you have sex with me you don't have sex with her Right I, I hate all that I don't I hate it a lot too Mikey Jokes about children being hurt aside Like nothing makes me angrier at work or anything like that Is cases of that stuff It just yeah, yeah. Upsets me to my core Yeah Yeah So meanwhile Now that they've left Alice alone Fool emerges and is like, hey, by the way, they're not even your real parents. They stole you. You were kidnapped. We got to go. And he's like, jump out with me the same way I left last time. And she tells him that literally between him jumping the night before and this night, they drained the pond, put broken glass and rocks in the bottom, and then rigged all of the windows with dynamite. When did they have the time? Yeah. And the cops didn't notice that. Right. So they climb the roof. Like, I just don't understand. Cops looking through a house, there are like holes all over the walls, windows like full of dynamite for no reason, being like, oh, this actually checks out. Oh, I'm sorry. This is America, and I have a right to do what I want on my property. You know what, sir? You're right. Wrap it up, boys. Let's go. <laughs> like, that is the level of incompetence we're seeing here. Yeah. So they grab a few bricks from the attic and climb the roof. And they make a little bit of, like, dust fall through the chimney so mommy and daddy think that they're in the chimney. But as they're kind of looking up the chimney, this is where we get the conversation about Alice being a whore. Yes. And that that they think that she and Fool have had a sexual relationship when clearly that is not even on their radar. I mean, they haven't even had time, even if they were interested, like which they aren't. Like right. we don't have any indication that they are, but they still wouldn't have even had time. Right. And it's clear that this is adults projecting. Oh, yeah. Yes. So as they make some soot fall into the chimney daddy looks up the chimney at them and they drop bricks on him yeah they home alone him which he would have died oh yeah that, but that brick would have caved his skull in yeah and i wanted it to Paige. same but they essentially clear the way for them to slide down the chimney to the bottom floor where he has also dropped the shotgun when the brick hit him well but the mom picked it up and she was about to shoot them but they land on her and like beat her up a little bit and take the gun right exactly so they get down to the bottom floor, but the mom has already locked the doors. Yeah. So they're still trapped. Now, as Alice runs through the kitchen, we get a shot of what I assume was what the mom used to make cookies for the police. And it is a two Cinderella bowl set of Pyrex pink gooseberry. Oh my God. <laughs> Paige. I hate it. We cut this out of the Conjuring 3 episode. I'm bringing it back. Uh, I can identify the Pyrex pattern in almost any film. And to me, there's nothing else in this kitchen that stands out. It, there is empty tables, empty shelves, right. empty everything. Yeah, empty chairs and empty tables. Yes. Thank you, Jean Valjean. Thank you for getting the reference. You're welcome. Uh, but specifically Pyrex pink gooseberry bowls. Yeah, you have the worst superpower ever, but I'm here for it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> as Alice is trying to escape, Fool has gone downstairs to try and free all of the people in the basement. Yeah. Even though they've tried to eat him. I mean, I think any enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? I think that's why he right. does this or is trying to do this. Right. And daddy goes down to the basement to chase him, even though he should already be dead from that brick. Yeah. And mommy goes up into the kitchen to attack Alice and she's about to essentially stab her with a knife. She has a knife. Yeah. When there's a knock on the door and they think it's the police again. 
They open it and it's Ruby, Fool's sister. Yeah. And she pretends to be from like a community organization, you know, complaining about their evictions and the fact that they are slumlords, essentially. Yeah. So meanwhile, in the basement, all of the basement people shine their lights at once onto daddy like the care bears mikey yeah they care bears stare him absolutely yeah Yeah. and he fires on them but it's enough to distract so that they don't he doesn't fire on fool and they do use fool as like a bait so he fires towards (laughs) him and shoots the lock off the door i thought that was excellent like they drag him over to the lock and then right at the last second like drop him and then daddy shoots the lock i hate saying that he shoots the lock and then it lets him out yeah and they pull fool through that that door yeah where they then show him what used to be like an embalming chamber that is now essentially a treasure chamber right they are essentially helping him right like they're not trying to hurt fool they had a meeting earlier meet m-e-a-t they had a meeting earlier and they're like we're full we don't need to eat more people or clones (laughs) they turned their thing to red yeah (laughs) just for fool though yeah (laughs) So, meanwhile, upstairs, because she has shut the door in Ruby's face, there's a knock on the door again, and it's the grandfather saying that there's reports of gunfire and stolen children. He claims to be the cops. Yeah, and she says, all I see are a couple of, and she's about to say the N-word. Yeah. She is about to, Mm -hmm. and then it reveals that there's a crowd of people outside. And then Ruby says, what are you going to do, shoot us all? And she says, you'll do, where she's just going to shoot Ruby. Meanwhile, Alice collapses through the ceiling and tackles her and slams her head in the ground <laughs> yeah in the process they slam the door trapping her inside essentially meanwhile in the basement fool discovers the pile of gold but also the explosives um and they've trapped daddy down in the basement because they've disabled the stairs he could have got up but he was not a daddy long legs oh Man, Mikey, I just want to once again thank you for being on this podcast and making my day always better. The journey to Mordor was shorter than the walk we had to take to the end of that joke. (laughs) That's why you had to have daddy long legs to get there, Paige. We should have (laughs) flown. The Eagles ain't coming, Paige. They were busy that day. I mean, Gandalf did say fly, you fools. They just did not heed his advice. Yeah. So he uses wires to bridge the explosives with basically the cabinets so that he can kind of trigger them from a distance. Yeah. And he does it while they kind of distract daddy. Upstairs, they have now kind of burst in. So there's a few of the community members from outside that are now inside. And they're like, where did that crazy heifer go? And it's because she has now trapped Alice with a knife, trapping them kind of in between them with a door. And... She goes after Alice with a knife. She's fully just going to stab her. Yeah. And Alice ends up punching and like tackling her to the stairs. Meanwhile, one of the people in the basement punches up through the stairs and bites the arm holding the knife. Yeah. Which allows Alice to grab the knife. Yes. Mommy tries to run away, but people keep busting through the walls and stuff to attack her, ending up in the kitchen where Alice stabs her. It almost seems like the mom was just running around and then ran into Alice who was just holding the knife. Yeah. Like when you look at Alice, it does not look like she really intended to stab her, but it's sort of fine with the outcome. Yeah, Yeah. she ran into my knife. 
She ran into my knife ten times. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, down in the basement, they throw mommy's body downstairs while daddy is looking for fool still. Yeah. Daddy runs into the embalming room that's full of money and he basically threatens fool and fool is like, hey, I have the explosives rigged. I don't want to kill you, but I will because I don't like you that much anyway, yeah. <laughs> which is such a great line. Well, I mean, and he does. He like follows through on that threat. Yeah. He's like, if you don't give me the gun, I'll kill you. And he's like, well, I'm not giving you the gun. So he kills him. So he kills him. He he touches the wires together, basically triggers every explosive in the house, raining money down outside. Yeah. Alice runs downstairs to find Fool sitting on the steps and is like, are you okay? And he says, I feel like a million dollars. Yeah. All of the people under the stairs escape, and all of the people on the lawn catch raining piles of money. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about it, what do you guys think about Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs? It's a little convoluted. Yeah. There, there were funny parts that I liked about it. I think the premise is really interesting. I would like to see this remade with a subtler hand. Yeah. I really like what they were trying to say. I wish they had said it better in the movie. Yeah, clearer. And pulled it off better. Although I do forgive a lot of like the just quirky, crazy story and like the weird over the top like chases for like an hour of this movie. Mm. Because that does feel very like early 90s, late 80s to me. And I feel like even if Wes Craven made this now, it wouldn't be that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I hope not. This is one of those <laughs> movies that I enjoyed talking about with y'all more than I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. It would have been fun to watch with y'all together. Oh, yeah. I would have really enjoyed that. Oh, and I think this was on Amazon Prime. Oh, we could have done it. We could have streamed it on Twitch, baby. We got we to gotta work that out because I think that would be a lot of fun. But Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. So Paige, hit us with your fun facts. Craven from facts. Ah. <laughs> Wes Craven was inspired to write this movie after he saw a real life news story about burglars who broke into a house. And when the authorities arrived because of the triggered alarm, the burglars were nowhere to be found. But they found locked doors with noises coming from behind because the family had locked their children up in rooms inside the house, oh. never allowed to go outside. And there oh, have been... Man. Multiple news stories like this yeah. or stories of uh, what some people will call feral children who are children who were horrifically abused and traumatized and locked away. Yeah. I do think as a premise for a horror film, that's a very scary realm to be in. Yes. Um, I think it gets just a little murky in this movie, but I understand why he would write a movie about that after that story. Yeah, absolutely. So the role of Roach was actually written without a gender. It was written to be either male or female, which I do think is problematic for some of the story points in this movie, because then you would have to explain why there's another girl down there. <laughs> uh, but originally, one of the people who auditioned for that role was Hilary Swank. Really? Okay. Right around uh, Karate Kid 4 time. Okay, cool. So the coin that fool pulls out of spencer's hand is real it's an american gold eagle and it contains one ounce of 22 karat gold oh okay and in 1991 it would have been worth approximately 700 dollars. really that one coin yeah that's amazing okay very cool mm -hmm. uh shortly before he died Wes craven was in the process of developing a television show version of this film for the sci-fi channel after his death it 
did not continue. Sure. But he has been involved in multiple attempts to reboot or remake or do this story in a different way, which made me wonder. And I looked around to see if I could find articles or interviews about how he felt about how this movie turned out. And I couldn't find a ton, but I think this story really resonated with him and he was constantly trying to like redo it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, So Sean Whalen, who's the actor who plays Roach, was 26 when he was in this movie. He looks pretty young, yeah. He looks pretty young playing a 15 or 16 year old boy in the film. Now, mommy or woman, as she is credited in the film, Wendy Roby, Credits this movie as the most fun she's ever had on a film set (laughs) and one of her favorite projects she's ever done. Wow. Okay. To be fair, yes, she is playing somebody purely evil, but she also gets to be at an 11 this whole movie. Yes, she does. So I could see how this would be fun to work on, but yeah, it's, it's a little... A little strange that she's like, this is my favorite. (laughs) The actress who played Alice, A.J. Langer, was actually almost 17 when she made this movie, even though she's playing a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. Now, kind of an interesting connected sub-fact. So Sean Whalen, who plays Roach, is in the movie Twister. Yes, he is. Now, on the Universal Studio Orlando Twister ride, they take you through a movie theater during a tornado. Now, the movie theater on the outside says that it's showing A Night of Horror from 1917 and The Shining from 1918 and Psycho from 1960, but they couldn't afford the rights to any of those movies. So as the tornado rips through that theater, it's showing scenes from this movie. Really? What? Yes. What scene? Wow. Okay. Um, it, it's just a couple random ones for the Galaxy Drive-In, and it's literally like a split second. It's blink and you miss it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as it rips through the drive-through theater in the ride, it's showing this movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Now, throughout most of the movie, you hear the man and woman call each other mommy and daddy, as we did on this episode. And you never hear their real names until the very end when Alice attacks mommy and you hear her yell for the man. She calls him Eldon. And the sign in front of the house reads Robeson. So we find out his name eventually is Eldon Robeson. We never find out mommy's name. Okay. The house where this was filmed has been in so many things. It's been in like American Horror Story has filmed around it. A bunch of other movies have filmed down the street. Uh, A bunch of TV shows like it's in like Criminal Minds and Monk and a bunch of other things. It's just a super, super common film location essentially uh so you if it looked familiar that's because it is it's it's been (laughs) in a lot of stuff now this is the film debut of a lot of people so it was sean whalen's first movie but it was also aj langer who plays alice's first movie and wendy roby's first movie because up till then she'd only been on twin peaks okay there is a criminal minds episode from 2010 that has the same plot really of this movie portraying a husband and wife who own a funeral home and abduct children and even the wife in in the show's hairstyle is the same oh yeah as the mommy in this movie so it's very clearly pulled from this movie like an homage yeah like an homage it's uh the episode is called mosley lane okay and those are your fun facts well thank you for those fun facts page let's talk some box office so the people under the stairs came out in 1991 what do you think the budget for it was i have to recuse myself okay i'm i'm not gonna recuse myself don't mikey what do you think it is i'm gonna say eight million dollars you're close it was actually six million dollars oh Now, it came out on November 1st, 1991. 
and it was number one the weekend it came out. It beat Curly Sue, that was number two. Number three was Highlander 2, The Quickening. Number four was Billy Bathgate, and number five was House Party 2. What do you think the people under the stairs made in its first weekend out when it was number one at the box office? I'm going to say 12 million. Okay. I'm going to go low. Okay. I'm going to say 7 million. You guys are both a little high. It was $5.5 million that it made in its opening weekend. Uh, It was in theaters for a total of six weeks, but it was never number one again. It was number two the second week it was out and then slowly sort of dropped down the charts. But what do you think it went on to make total domestic box office? I'm going to say 20, 20 million. 24. Oh, shit, Mikey, 24.2 million dollars. Absolutely. Now, this was in 91, so let me give you a little inflation information. So the budget of $6 million would be around $12 million today, and the box office totals of $24.2 million would be $48.6 million today. So it did pretty well. It made money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's your box office. Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, listeners, our scary scale is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film when we watched it this time. It is 1 to 10. I think I mentioned that. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What do you think, Paige? Oh, this is a one for me. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, I'm going to give it a two as well. Like, there was some body horror that I didn't care for. Uh, and some of, like, the sexual tension stuff between the dad and the daughter really freaked me out, man. I did not like that at all. Child serial killers just really freak me out in a yeah, way that... I did not like it. So that's your scary scale. Yeah, all right. So... This week, the listeners made us watch The People Under the Stairs. What are you guys making us watch next week? Candyland! If you've been paying attention, you would know, because we talked about this at the very beginning of this month. The whole reason we did this month's theme is so that we could get as many people as we could to go see Candyman in theaters. Yes. And I and Mikey will be going soon, as long as that COVID test comes back negative, (laughs) to go see Candyman in the theaters, and then we will be recording sometime soon. And I have already seen it, so I know what you're in for. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Your homework for next week is if you haven't seen Candyman, go see Candyman, because we will spoil it next week. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Not yet, because we all forgot about that. We did all forget about that. But while you look one up, let me explain how they can have their review run the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review on your Apple podcast app. And... We will have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to do this week? Man, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, we got a lot of great reviews recently. We're closing in on 900 reviews, which is read that one. nuts. Uh, okay. I'm going to read this one. It's long. I haven't read it yet. Okay, cool. Who's it by? It's by Hearts and Tifa. Hearts and Tifa? Hearts and Tifa, not Heart and Tifa. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, hey, fascism bad. So yeah. yeah, okay. There's a D in there. Oh, it's and Tifa. Like hearts and 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 Tifa. Tifa. Okay. The title of the review is Other Podcasts are kind of ruined for me. Oh. Okay. Because it's a dying medium. <laughs> it's not a dying medium, Mikey. Okay. I want to preface this by saying I'm not a super fan of horror movies. Same. <laughs> I've seen a lot because of the company I keep, but I'm a scaredy cat, like afraid of my own shadow scaredy cat. Yeah, I feel seen right now. That being said, I love this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I came from Colt Podcast, and it took some time for me to be brave enough to check them out. I'm sad it took me so long because somehow a podcast talking about and meticulously breaking down horror movies has become like a safe space. Aw. 
That's great. Paige is a gym, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she's she one is. of the funniest people I've ever heard of. She has extensive culinary knowledge, blah, blah, blah. God, this is just a page review. Thank uh, you. Including what size <laughs> pots come in, listen to sleepaway camp, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here we go. Here's us, Todd. Todd is someone <laughs> I relate to because he, like me, has friends who encourage him to be scared for fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to have friends that just want to see you tortured. Also, I don't believe his voice gives people cancer. Why, thank you so much. <laughs> well, your feelings... Are not facts. <laughs> and Mikey, with his mental health background, gives good insight. And one of these days, he's going to have some good bread puns. One of these days. <laughs> I'm not. This podcast is hilarious, insightful, and has so much heart. The hosts have the kind of friendship you hope to have, and it shows. Do yourself a favor and listen, even if you are a horror virgin. Five stars. Well, thank you so much, Hearts and Tifa, for that amazing five-star review. We really appreciate it. And if you want to have your review on the podcast, make sure to leave us a five-star review. We actually got a four-star review that clearly the person meant to give us a five-star review because it says, like at the beginning of it, if Mikey reads this, please read it with a West Coast accent. It's just clear that he thinks we're going to read it, and we're not. It's a four-star review. You got to change that thing to a five to get Mikey to read it. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social please do we are at horror virgin or online at horrorvirgin.com if you want to follow us all individually you can do that as well page is at page wesley on twitter or rampage wesley everywhere else including tiktok mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome if you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm -hmm, than the regular mm -hmm. feed drop we do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that so guys check out yeah. the patreon and help support the show it if you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? He would definitely eat himself if he was in a Donner Party situation. <laughs> and double if it was a clone. <laughs> That's also a Mikey fun fact. This episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. Possums are great swimmers. Thus, they have been banned from the Olympics, citing that it would be too unfair. <laughs> I'm still reading like them. It. I'm still reading them off that thread of like made up possum facts in the uh, Horror Virgin Facebook group. So I appreciate you guys giving me those. This episode also brought to you by Tia, and Tia has a daughter that drives her crazy 
So how did her daughter drive her crazy this week, Mikey? She's been feeding the person who lives in the walls that escape from the basement. <laughs> I hope yeah. she hasn't also been licking her plate. Yeah. This episode also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business. And Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. So if you have any needs for some spiders, scorpions, centipedes, millipedes, or any peed that has the need for speed, reach out to Brandon at Bug Cage Company on Facebook and he will ship you some bugs. This episode also brought to you by the letter Jeff, and Jeff would like you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down an episode of Jessica Jones, the Netflix TV show, and they have recently moved on to Agent Carter because they have finished up the Jessica Jones shows. So check out that podcast. It's called Kissing Jessica Jones, wherever you listen to podcasts. We now return you to another half-assed episode of The, the Patreonicals. Text from mom. Yesterday, 5.21 p.m. This is starting like a Law & Order episode. I love it. Oh, she's responding to the story structure thing. Yes. Oh, no. Um, I was going to say yes to helping with the Patreonicals until I listened to this last episode. <laughs> There's no saving that steamy mess of Mammal Moon silliness. <laughs> Mom is right. Mom is absolutely right. Uh, End text. <laughs> well, here I am. Lost again. What kind of sex will you invent this week, Mikey? Single sex. <laughs> it's called masturbation page it's called handball <laughs> let's move on okay welcome back um everyone had sex last week i think which was <laughs> <laughs> everyone rubbed their nipples and their butts together last week yeah it was really graphic which by the way tried it do not recommend <laughs> this is how i know what episode was that that i did that in blackula yeah it was blackula the blackula patrioticals <laughs> are so next level amazing i could not believe it like i was laughing as i was editing it i can't believe that some, no one listened to that episode no one has mentioned that in the facebook group at all uh and Honestly, it's a like at a certain point we are all laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah, we can't get through it. If you miss the Black Hill episode, you are missing a lot of greatness. I'm just gonna say that right now. Okay, not necessarily the movie. <laughs> so this is controversial statement. Yes, also the movie. <laughs> this is three months later. <laughs> wow. Okay, so three months later, are people pregnant with nipple babies? I was about to say, yeah, there are some definitely some pe some pregnant people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's he hasn't even started Paige, and he's already laughing we haven't even okay. started okay okay it's at a hospital because it's actually nine months later <laughs> wow okay so jump to three months later and then jump to six months after that page wow did mikey not know how long babies take or did he completely <laughs> abandon a storyline in the three-month range and then be like you're right, nipple babies was a good idea. <laughs> Let's make it nine months. 100% page. It's called flexibility. It's called story structure. You should learn it. So everyone's at the hospital. Sasha has had a baby because they got nipple pregnant. Oh, wow. Okay. With Eddie and... The baby has nipples for eyes, but it can see into the future. He's the Kwezak Nipperak? <laughs> yes. But since the baby's a mammal, he can speak full English to the baby. And what happens is Dreskel, the ghost from the future, is possessing the baby now and talking to Eddie. There's okay. some real Twilight Part 4 shit. <laughs> Someone Down. done it printed on that baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
down the hall. Renez miss me with that shit. <laughs> down the hall, Dave has just passed from a prolonged battle of COVID-19 because he did not get vaccinated. Oh, get vaccinated, Dave. You know, you're five times less likely to get a breakthrough case and 11 times less likely to die if you get vaccinated. Dave. But Dave's an AM conservative talk show. <laughs> Dave is Phil Valentine from Nashville, Tennessee. Like four <laughs> different radio hosts died this week. I know. Phil <laughs> Valentine's just the one from our town. No, we should. Dave died, but he'll be back, you know, because he that's what he does. Right. But they- right. He contracted it sexually during the nipple sex. <laughs> <laughs> they call that Hovid. COVID-19. H to the Izzo, V to the COVID. So, Dreskel the baby was like, finally, Eddie, you you guys can hear me. There's really awful things going on. Please listen. And and Eddie's like, you're my son. Oh, wow. Everything this light touches, (laughs) you can rub your nipples on. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nipple rub. Hum. You see, you got here because we had <laughs> nipple sex unprotected without shirts on. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing so hard. I'm sweating right now. So I, 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 <laughs> okay, Isaac is living in a house with Danielle, the moon queen, and Aaron, the moon general, and they have people under the stairs. Isaac has been eating people. In oh, a house like the movie. Right. And uh, he wants to be called daddy from now on. Oh, and... I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate I hate it. I hate it so much. So then Aaron, the moon general, and Danielle were like, look, we just live here because you said we only had to pay $100 a month. We're not <laughs> going to call you daddy. I don't know why you eat people. And they're just waiting for orders from most evil Matthew, who really just, this week he is just on the dark web doing things we can't even mention on ordering like wild snakes to have as pets. Mm-hmm. He, he's going full tiger King with it. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He, he got some pythons going on that are endangered and he's not going <laughs> to take the best care of them. Plus like a really rare owl. <laughs> yeah. A superb owl, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they're also pregnant him and Kaylee with more owls (laughs) (laughs) but Mikey who who got them pregnant the owl it's superb (laughs) did you not hear they don't even know because last episode was an orgy we don't know what's (gasps) yeah one day they're just gonna lay eggs and all hell's gonna break loose actually she's giving birth right now oh and the baby comes out and it's like hey everybody oh I hate you so much (laughs) and they're like oh no we're dying of owl cancer (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, Domasaurus is kind of he's actually rehabbed himself he's actually doing better he's a full he's regained his memory so him and Karun and Kate were listening to the rest of the episode and they're like this shit is fucked up we want to get out of here yeah they go to attack Isaac because they located his house because there's a lot of missing um people in that area and also when you live with two people from the moon who look like aliens like it's easy to find the house so they're headed there to confront them and try to find out where evil Matthew's base is located so they can finally take him out and that's what's happening next week maybe <laughs> How far into the future will we jump next week? 
<laughs> Will I reappear again as a different character like I have the past three weeks to just give people cancer as a joke? Find out next week on another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it nippy skippy again, I think. <laughs> <laughs> have a great week. Bye. Cannibal nerds. Texas Day Brazil people nerds. <laughs> <laughs>